0: Yeah, let's just close our eyes. I've just been um, feeling like Jesus has been repeating himself to me over the last few days and weeks, just about being still. that those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Holy Spirit, come and renew our strength right now. Rise up on wings like eagles. with your eyes closed if you have a desire a longing in your heart for something more of god would you just just put your hands up in the air just reach out to him no one else is looking please don't look around the room but it's, it's just this you just know there's something more that i haven't quite reached i've not quite tapped into just lift up your hands Jesus, we, you can see, you can see the hearts in this room this morning. And you know where we're at. And you come to us just where we're at. But we're, our hands are raised because we are declaring that we want more of you. Just tell him that you want more. Come Holy Spirit. Speak to him. I want more. I want to know you more. I want to know you better. I want to be where you are. I want to know you in your fullness. As well, while we were praying for the young people that are going to New Day, obviously my, my daughter is going and I've just been really praying for something amazing to happen with her heart. That, that I, I want my daughters to never turn away from the wonder of who he is. I want them to see his face and be just captivated by his beauty. And so I just feel like, um, let's just pray again for these young people they live in an environment of that's a, a, a toxic environment where they're being told who they should be and what they should look like, which is not what Jesus tells them that they should be. Um, and so, for uh, for them to stand up and to be counted for Christ is uh, is a sacrifice. It's it 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 it's, it, it's more persecution than probably us as the older generations would have encountered and so you guys who are going to new day just again just lift up your hands those of you who are nearby can we just turn and just reach out your hands towards them we need these guys to look upon the face of christ don't we jesus as these guys go to um, norwich tomorrow we pray for power to come upon each one of them that right now, that we wouldn't have to wait until a meeting starts tomorrow, but Lord, that you would be at work um, just turning their attention and affection towards you. Because there is nothing greater in all the earth than being with you. And Lord, we thank you for these young people. We thank you for giving them to us uh, as, as parents. We thank you for putting them amongst this body. And we thank you... F- That you are at work in every one of their lives. They are not forgotten. They have been chosen by you for such a time as this. So we ask Holy Spirit, would you fall upon them? Fall upon them. That they would be baptized in power. Right now, we don't need to wait till New Day. Right now, power of God, come upon these young people. Power. We can know about God, but we cannot know him. And so we ask that these guys who have been in church for many years would know you as friends. They would know who you are and they would know your voice. They would know your breath on their on their face. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We um, We are living in a time of um, Im- immense pressure, uh, a pressure to uh, fit into a certain mould uh, way of speaking that um, flies in the face of, of the Word of God. And Alam shared with us last week, put your hand up if you were here. I'll say nothing about those who weren't. Alan, for those of you that weren't, Alan was just, he was sharing about their, the wineskins. He was saying that actually we, we've got to have a new wineskin. We can't just live in the old. We can't just live with what we've known up to now. That actually we've got to be willing to change in order to step into what God has got for us. The, they say that the first sign of madness is continuing to do the same thing expecting a different result. And so that's my that's my starting point this morning is that we cannot we cannot do the same thing that we've been doing for decades expecting something to change. It doesn't make any sense, does it? I um I when I when I, when we had a farm in South Africa I had to do a lot of plumbing um, which I did not enjoy, because my stopcock was half a kilometer da- away from the building, so I had to fix it and then or f- fix it, and then I had to walk a kilometer to switch it on, come back and see was it leaking, and invariably it was, so then I had to walk another kilometer to switch it off and back again, so it became a bit of a pet peeve, but I, I was doing the same thing. I'm like, how many different ways can I twist this thing until it, until it stops leaking? And it, and it didn't because I wasn't doing anything different really. I was maybe slightly more pressure, slightly more power, but it, I, it wasn't until I discovered a wonderful new creation that had like a rubber bung, this, this amazing clip, it just clipped. It was, it was, it was something new and it's it changed my life radically and so jesus is better than a clip on a plumbing fitting we we can have a new wineskin but unless we have new wine then it's just a bagpipe we've got to have the wine So it's all very well us changing what we do and how we look. But that is meaningless unless we have new wine. Amen. Do we want to be a body without his glory? Because it's quite easy to do. We can go about the functions of Christianity. We can go about the functions of a charismatic church and actually not have his glory dwelling among us. His kingdom is always increasing. The Bible says it's forcefully advancing. But we will only see the increase of his kingdom if we commit ourselves to the Lord. Amen? we need to be more intentionally seeking him and his presence than the generation that went before us. Now, the generation that went before us was pretty awesome. And they have won battles in the spirit for us that we we don't even acknowledge. So people like Terry Virgo, back in the 60s and 70s, they were fighting for something, for a freedom in the spirit that we take for granted. That's just, what, that's just what we have. And we can become complacent in what has been fought for to bring us to this place. And we think that because they won that, well, that's fine. Well, we've got it now. What else do we need? But actually, there is never a point in the kingdom where we get to the place where we say we've got it now. Because the kingdom is always advancing. And Jesus is always revealing himself in new ways. Jesus he likes to come he likes to pop in I think particularly on on churches I think he I think he goes I think he goes around the churches in the world and just sort of comes in the door occasionally just to see am I welcome here? Because there it is quite possible for us to be a, a people who who say the name do the things and yet when Jesus wants to come in we resist. And that's what Alan was talking about last week. About being open and ready for change. Are you ready to be offended? Because Jesus often comes in a package that we're not used to. What if the way he chooses to break out upon us as a people doesn't fit in your theological box. I'm always right. My wife will tell you that. She agrees. The only problem is she's always right as well. I'm always right Until I realize I'm wrong. And we've got to be, we've got to be a people of humility that will realize when we are wrong or will step aside when we don't get it. We don't necessarily have to go, go with it, but sometimes we just have to get out of the way. Because our resistance means that we can stop God moving in the way that he chooses to move. Did you know that God is always right? What he chooses to do is always right and it's always good. When Jesus comes to us, everything has to stop, actually. We've got to, we've got to put everything down, lay everything aside, all our ambitions, all our plans, all our strategies, they, they, we, they become obsolete before the glory of the Lord. If Jesus comes into our presence and he is doing something, we've got to be willing to stop. Because we will lose what we have Unless we go after more of what we love. Okay? And we, if, when we, when we're in love with Jesus, when our focus is Him and Him alone, when we seek after Him and Him only, then we will always be moving into increase. We will always be moving into the new things of what He wants to reveal to us. So we've got to be willing to let go of what we've had up to that point. Does that make sense? If we keep hold of it, you must have seen that analogy, if you keep hold of it, your hands are not open to receive. If you turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God I'm just going to read that again we to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God what's a sacrifice it's a it's a slaughtered animal it's a dead animal we sacrifice ourselves. We sacrifice our wants, our desires, our needs before him. Because, and it says, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As we, If we can choose to sacrifice our desire, our want, our plan, our way if we can choose to say, it's not what I want here, it's not who I am, it's you. If we can sacrifice that, that is our true and proper worship. Isn't that a shift in thinking? That our worship Is not just the moment where we come on Sundays or or maybe during the week and we sing songs. Our worship is our living sacrifice. It's laying ourselves down before the King of Kings, submitting to his ruling and reigning over our lives. Because it says that then you will be able to test and approve what the will of God is. (laughs) Don't you want to know what the will of God is? Put your hand up. I want to know the will of God, don't you? And yet, most of the time I spend my, I find myself telling him his will. Why haven't you done what I wanted you to do? I, I a lot of my prayer time can be taken up telling him what I want him to do. And yet, what we see is, true worship is sacrificing ourselves And that means we come to a place where we find out what his will is. Do you know that if you pray his will, you'll always get what you pray for? That would be good news, wouldn't it? Everything I pray for happens. That's because he's telling you what to pray. So instead of coming to him, telling him what he should do, and you know, people, we use fasting as like manipulations. Come on, God. I've fasted for three weeks now. You've got to do what I told you to do now. Whereas actually, what God is asking us, what, what Jesus is longing for, is that res- restoration of relationship that he had in the garden. He's longing just to be with us in intimacy. And so when we sacrifice ourselves, then we become able to. To have that intimate relationship with Him, we don't have all these issues where, where, I can't, I can't, I can't come to church because He hasn't done what, what, what I thought He would do. I'm disappointed. I'm upset. I'm, I'm angry with God. I, I, I can't, I can't spend time with Him right now. And I think we've all been in those situations, where actually that is us demanding of Him what we want. Go to Matthew chapter 16, starting verse 24, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for you to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If we want to find him, because he is life, we have to die. And so the first act of worship as a people has got to be us sacrificing ourselves on the altar. It's our death. Because otherwise we spend our whole life trying to live and we lose life. This is the upside down kingdom. Dead people cannot demand their way. Dead people cannot hold on to anything. Or, well, if they do, they're holding on to it for eternity. Dead people cannot be offended. Dead people are not proud. Dead people are... They're just dead. They don't do it. They don't, they don't have opinions. They're just, they're just dead. If they need to be moved, someone's got to pick them up and move them. And if I want to gain life, I've got to, I've got to be dead to myself. If, if, if Jesus wants me to move, he's going to pick me up and move me. I am a man of strong opinions. Put your hand up if you have strong opinions. It's a disease. It's a disease of the Western world. We've been told, we've been taught to be critical and to complain. I've been struggling for years with that verse that says, do not complain or grumble about anything. I I negotiate with God. Well, how far does anything go? because if i am dead i can't complain and we've got to we've got to submit our lives to the holy spirit and allow him to do a deep work in us i can't change myself he he will change me if i submit myself to him daily hourly I want to gain Christ. Don't you? I didn't see, but I'm assuming quite a lot of you put your hands up and said, I want more. There's got to be more. We've got a lot, but we can't judge what we've got looking over the fence and saying, well, we've got more than the people next door. So we're okay. We've got, we've got to judge what more is looking at the face of Jesus. And it's all about him. We must be people that refuse to settle. We can do a lot of stuff for God. Judas did a lot of stuff for God. Judas healed and raised people from the dead and cast out demons probably more than most of us have. We can do a lot of stuff without our eyes fixed upon who he is, without being transfixed on him. Saul was consumed by demons, went and consulted a witch, and yet he was able to prophesy with the company of of prophets. These things don't necessarily, these outworkings don't necessarily dictate where we're at as a people. When uh, I led a church in South Africa, um, I'd been, I'd gone to do to church plant with uh, with Laura and some others, and I had we had great plans. It was going to be the most amazing church the world's ever seen. Obviously, I didn't say that; I said it humbly. And it was going to it was going to change the world. There was going to be no more poverty in Bethlehem. Um, and we got there all on fire. And we did what we were good at doing. Um, Laura and I, we we have some gifting. And so we used those gifts to do some, some things that had worked previously. Um, and they didn't really do anything. Um, and so then we... Try something else, and didn 't really have any effect either, and we kept trying everything we could possibly try for about three years, and then we were burned out, we were fed up. we, we couldn 't really keep, keep going because we, we 've used up our resources, we've used up our, our arsenal of weapons has gone. We're, 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 we're now a little bit lost as to what we should be doing because everything we try doesn't work. We, we treasure hunted twice a week for nine months in, in a supermarket in, in Bethlehem. We had the most incredible prophetic accuracy at times. Not a single person got saved from that. Just an example. And we we, we we ended up on our knees, not really on our knees before Jesus, on our knees cr- crying out of embarrassment that we were being seen as failures by lots of people. People were telling us pretty much, this is, this is a failure, you should probably just jack this in. Um, in our pride, there was no way we were going to jack it in. Um, we were going to just sneak out the back door and run away somewhere but hopefully it would look like we hadn't run hopefully it looked like we'd handed it over Jesus brought us to our knees so that we would look to him and it wasn't until we had nothing left that we eventually were able to hear him just lift up our chin and say just why don't you now look here and see what I can do? See what I want to do? And what was incredible was what he wanted to do was he wanted to just apprehend my heart. He didn't speak to me about how to get people through the door. He didn't speak to me about how to grow a big church. He didn't speak to me about any of the things that were, had been the important things in my life he spoke to me about me and my heart before him he loves you enough he loves you so much that he he doesn't want to leave your heart in the state that it's currently in and it was a beautiful moment when i realized that actually he wasn't interested in what i was doing he didn't he wasn't he wasn't keeping a record of how many people came to church on a Sunday morning. What he was looking at was my heart and my longing for him. And he, he spoke to me time and time again. And I, 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 we, we, we went back to our church and he said to me, I, was, I always got there early and he said, get on your knees. So I got on my knees. He said, close your eyes. Close your eyes. And he said, don't move. And so I sat on my knees with my eyes closed, praying in tongues and speaking. The entirety of the service, the, the ladies, the people were coming in. And there wasn't very many of them. And I felt like Jesus was saying, do not stand up. Do not look up. And an hour and a half, two hours went by. The people all sort of slightly awkwardly sat around me. And then we all went home. Um, and then the next week, Jesus told me to do the same thing again. By week three, when those ladies came in, they got down on their knees with me. Now, in that time, what Jesus was doing in me was he was getting rid of my fear of man and my need to succeed and to prove something. Now, I'd like to tell you the story. that, ne- And so next week there were a thousand people there but you know i wouldn't have cared if there were actually i still battle with this it's still a, a battle in my heart daily to try and please people but i didn't i didn't actually from that point i was like actually i don't want i don't need there to be lots of people here because this is just about me and him this is this is my adoration. And he, he spoke to me and from, the, um, where is it, Matthew 11, verse 28. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I oh, I need some rest. And he, he said to me, you have, I heard him very clearly. He said, you have taken hundreds of burdens that I never asked you to, to take. I never asked you to carry those things. I never asked you to carry the burden of people getting saved. But that's my job. No, no, that's my job. I can't save anybody. I can't fill anybody with the Spirit. I can't build a church. Interestingly, the Bible even says, I will build my church. It doesn't say Jeremy's going to build the church because I wasn't very good at it. I, all I had to do, my success was how my heart was turned towards him. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart. Isn't he so lovely to us? Like my, my filthy pride, actually is what it was, Where is? Filthy pride. I just want you to think I'm awesome. And yet, he comes to me gently and lovingly and says, hey, just come over here. That was after he'd forcefully pulled me to my knees. Come over here. You'll find rest for your soul. And I felt Jesus tell me the only thing, so I was like, well, what's the yoke? I felt him say to me, the only thing I've ever asked you to do is worship me. And I thought, oh, well, I'm good at that. I can do that. I don't, that That is a joy and a delight. And so that's what we did. That's what we've aimed to do is to just spend our lives worshiping him. And that's what he's looking for in us, guys. He's looking for a people who will throw off every distraction. Who will sacrifice everything. And who will seek him. And the Bible is full of verses that say, if we seek him, we will find him. If we seek him with all our heart, we will find him. He will come to us, draw near to him, and he will draw near to us. You notice that was interesting for me that I had to draw near to him. I'm always just waiting, come on, when are you going to do something in me? He's like, well, I'm actually waiting for you to show some interest. We, he is longing for us as a people to draw near to him. Now, what that's going to involve is a huge amount of scalpel because our lives are so full of muck and time wasting that we, we don't have anywhere to fit him in how do we seek him and so the challenge the challenge has got to be the challenge is the secret place if the only time we seek him is when we get here on a Sunday morning we're going to struggle to to live in, in the presence of his glory aren't we if the only time you speak to your wife is for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning, your relationship is going to be in want, isn't it? This is a love relationship. This is a bride and a bridegroom relationship. He is looking for a bridegroom a bride that is ready, that is longing, that is prepared. And so if the only time we spend with Jesus is this time then we are always going to be behind, we're always going to be doing what we've always done because we don't know what he wants to do so we'll come in and we'll go, well okay last, two, two years ago when we sang this song we felt him so we'll do that because we don't know what he wants to do because we're not with him so this is this is a, this is a challenge for me And I'm bringing this challenge to you because he longs to come and dwell amongst us. But he won't dwell amongst us unless you are dwelling with him. Because he can't. Well, he can actually. And he does in his grace. He does occasionally turn up when we're all over the place. He can do what he likes. But if we as a people... If we come full of the oil of God, because we live our lives in the oil, with the oil, we live in his presence, we wake in the mornings to him. How many of us, how many of you wake up and look at your phone? Thank you, there's some honesty in the back. How many of you go to sleep having watched an hour of Netflix? Isn't it If I'm going to be a living sacrifice, I've got to sacrifice some things. I've got to sacrifice some comforts. I've got to sacrifice some entertainment because he is more entertaining than that. I We just don't get it, do we? We just don't get it. Like the glory of the Lord is available to us. And yet we would rather watch TV because it's easier and more comfortable. And yet we all know that if we push in, if we sacrifice time and energy for him, we all know that we get to a place. We've actually probably all been at some time in that place where we're just like, oh, everything... I just feel him with me when I pray. I just he answers. Me. Have, have anyone been in that situation? Like we've all been there at some time. I hope, maybe not. But we don't stay there because everything else comes in, and we take the easy road. Remember the narrow winding road instead of the wide straight one. Remember that. He is calling us. He's saying, come to me, all who are thirsty. We long to be blessed. Oh, bless me, bless me. We sing this song, of the blessing, and he's promised to bless us. But what's blessing? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are those who grieve. It's not having a nice life. That's not going to give us blessing. That's the world's idea, and we've just read that we're not to be conformed to the ways of the world. Who wants more of Jesus this morning? Raymond and Lindsay, can you come up? I cannot make you encounter Jesus. I'm hoping that as I'm speaking this morning, it's stirring Something, some kind of longing in you. I'm hoping that we as a people can together seek him while he can be found. Because you know he will move on. He'll go elsewhere. He loves you so much that he laid down his life so that he could be in relationship with you. Isn't that beautiful? Let's just stand up. There's none like you. There's none like you. We've got to to be willing to do things a bit differently. Got to be willing to lay things down and next week I just want to talk a little bit more about how we can do that. But right now, let's just lift our hands towards him. Why do we lift our hands? For me, when I lift my hands, it's like a surrender. It's like I've I've got nothing and I need you. It's awkward. I remember when I was a teenager, for the first time, choosing to lift my hands. And you feel like everyone's watching you. No one's watching you. No one's watching you. There's nothing there's nothing religious or special about lifting our hands, but it's a symbol of us saying, I want you, Jesus. Here I am. So why don't you just start by saying, Here I am. Here I am. Jesus. Jesus. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am.